It's a lot of fun. Keep it fun. Okay, as usual, I'm your host, that's DDD NFL. Um, I've got uh, at Daryl J. O'Brien on the line. Oh, hiya. Oh, oh hi, Steve. Oh, hi, Steve. Uh, we haven't spoken ages, Daryl. Uh, A-Rod, you know, it's hard to get in contact with you. I tried to FaceTime you like we're supposed to, I don't know, just, it just um, didn't work. How are you? Uh, did you go through my agent? Uh, sorry, did you go through my agent's agent? I did. To try and get me. You know, yeah, I don't. I don't speak directly anymore. I'm like Bill Murray. I don't even have. Uh, he just sent me the script. Yeah. Send it to my postal address, and I will uh, read it. Old school. Yeah. Real old. What's school. going on? Look, What's we don't want to talk. We don't. We don't want to talk about Aaron Rodgers too much. But uh, it is. It is noted, Daryl, in the off. Because look, the, the thing is, is we're on here to talk about the fact that there's something to talk about, right? Ish. Yes. Ish. Kind um, of. Now there's some stuff that we haven't touched on, um, because I was talking about in the last podcast. The trip got announced, and I don't want to announce. Ooh. I want to announce as well um, that the trip is. I didn't get the percentages. Seventy to eighty percent fully booked now. Um, so oh. if you're thinking about, oh, if you suits you, sir, uh, you know what I mean. Figures. Um, so if you want to go on the trip, I would advise contacting Ben at Touchdown Trips. Now you can go to ukpack.co.uk forward slash tours. Um. Is Ben's and contact details there? It is. He's got an email. There's a number. Oh, there, there. you are. A, so that's all you, you need even, to do. That's what you need and to do. Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? Do you know what? You can even go on to. There's a link. Oh, come on, sure, sure. There's a link you can go on. Um, the quality of this podcast is deep immediately. Like it's just. Oh yeah. Like as soon as you put us together, it just yeah. turns into a complete. You would have thought two heads are better than one with us. Not so much. Yeah, no. Not so much. No. Um. But yeah, look. There's a link, and you click on the link, and you can register, and Ben will call you. If you will. Ooh. So uh, that's good as well. Thank you, Benjamin. Thank you, Benjamin. Um, the other one is is the Raz. So by the time you're listening to this, it's the 31st of May. Um, so give you a really quick rundown. For a fiver, you can go to the Lambo tier. For every month that you're in on the Lambo tier, you will get one entry into the draw. Um, and it ends in early August. So you only have this month, next month, and the month after uh, to get a chance of a trip and... Um, yeah, look, it's it's two grand. We know the price now, there. It's one nine nine five. Um, and if anyone wants a quick rundown of the trip, although you're is that in pounds? Is that in English pounds? It's in the it's the Queen's or the King's. It's not anymore. Currency. King's not anymore. Currency, That's the King's currency. Now. Yeah. So the King of England. England. Yeah. So yeah, it's one nine nine five. That's exactly how much it costs. And again, touchdown trips aren't giving us the trip for free, and it's been bankrolled by Patreon. Um, and if it takes off. We're going to do it again next year. And like we always say, the more patrons we get in, the more we sort of up the price. There's no one around the place. In fact, we sometimes we get contacted by, you know, a, a drinks company and they'll we say, do. oh, we're, we're offering a flask to your followers. You just need to put out this press release and um, say that you drink from it. And, uh, you know, and they go and the one lucky winner will get one cup. Uh, recommended retail price, five ninety nine. So you're kind of thinking, really? You know, like all of these companies have... Uh, millions of uh, of a budget for their ad campaigns and prizes and stuff and they give you a measly poxy bottle so we always say no uh, because we, do, you, but do you think we should start doing it we could do it in the well, mm. and look I know we've said we're not doing this but could we not do it in the way of like Wayne's World where you just like in the middle of a podcast just start going oh what is that you're drinking mm. there Steve oh well you know yeah or we could make do, it as cheesy as possible do like well that's a given 
probably. But you know, I we, love we, this product that I've been given for but, free to tell you that I love. <laughs> no, but Bill Burr does it, and uh, he used to on his podcast is just full of expletives and like on PC stuff. But he used to get sponsors, and he'd take the mick out of the sponsors on the podcast, and an awful lot of people pulled out. Hey, uh, but but oh. yeah, and other sponsors then go to him because he's going to take the piss out of it. Anyway, we digress. The Raz, uh, you've got a couple of errors now to get in, and what happens is is that the money doesn't get taken until the first ish of the following month if you will so if you want to get in for the june draw you need to be in by the end of may and the money doesn't get taken until the first of june um so yeah it's well worth it if you bump it up to the tenor tier uh, you're also in that signed march draw but we've got some things i guess to talk about there otas are in full swing uh, the nfl yep. draft has come to green bay in 2025 yes a severe lack of news we might have to mention aaron Rodgers, but extremely oh, it, it briefly would, it wouldn't be an off season if we didn't and in fact when we're really really old men like Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets I still think we'll be talking about Aaron Rodgers in the off season because we have to hmm. yeah well he went to do you know what I saw it on PackersNews.com where the headline article is Aaron Rodgers attends two days of Taylor Swift's concert and I'm kind of glad that <laughs> I would say it's glad it's not in our news cycle but it's literally on a website called PackersNews.com oh my god but yeah we're not we're not going to talk about it here come on end of the laundry list then NFL draft OTAs um, OTAs yeah I mean okay so there's a piece on uh, Kenny Clark today um talking about how you know how, how motivated he is to be at the OTAs and he's there to help out the young guys and he's one of the great leaders and all this but he's also getting 700,000 US dollars as a workout bonus to attend helps. I'd be pretty motivated myself that helps to go yeah, it does helps. yeah the OTA thing because that's it and this is the debate and oh, do we go here but it's the I always, you look at, so Aaron Rodgers came out, if you look at, uh, sorry, right, I'm not going to talk about Aaron Rodgers too much, but it's in the news because Matt uh, brought out an article about him where he got Aaron Rodgers, or Aaron Rodgers decided to call him up, which is weird that he had signal, and he was talking to Matt Schneidman <laughs> about the, the rumours. He didn't turn the video on because it was really dark in the background. Really dark in the room, yeah. Anyway. yeah. So he was talking to him about... Um, you know stuff and he was sort of saying look OTAs are BS anyway like who cares you know and I, I sort of look at it and that's why I used to look at OTAs there are, they? Go. are they? well something that are stood they? out to me is that he was sort of saying like I wasn't there for OTAs and I still ripped off some MVPs but I'm sort of thinking that's an individual accolade though yeah. and not in the is that not just showing away is that not just him blowing smoke up his own bum bum because mm. it, surely OTAs are important especially you know and we talk about it all the time some of these kids are not fully formed by the time they get there Surely an OTA is really important. Now, mini camps may be more important. I don't know. But surely hanging out with your new teammates, any opportunity you can get, is a good team building exercise, regardless of anything else you do on the field. Surely. Yeah. Now, he said it was nominal. And I would agree that it might. the media tried to jump on these things and overhype it, right? And I, I didn't oh, feel yeah. too hurt by because we're grown men but I didn't feel I'm Irish but I didn't feel too hurt by Aaron Rodgers showing up for Jets OTAs because he'd hardly go and get a new job and then be like oh well I'm not going to show up it's, it's the typical give, give him a year give him yeah, a year yeah well he'd be on a give beach a somewhere um, or a Taylor Swift concert uh, break news so he you know he of course is going to show up there to get in with his teammates and learn the system because everything's brand new and then if you look at a kind of it's in his best interest for himself to do it because then he gets in and gets around the coaches and staff and all that. So that absolutely makes sense. But in Green Bay, he felt that he didn't need to. Now, I would agree that the media is probably hyping it up. It's not that big of a deal. However, it did come out that a, from a trusted source um, is that 
uh, the Packers brass were pretty ticked off that Rodgers didn't show up and that they'd rather him be there, particularly when the organisation goes through that type of change. Now, again, I would even say like maybe a cop out from the Packers to say stuff like that is another excuse or another notch on the bedpost to get rid of Rodgers. But then I heard a quote from Jordan Love, uh, our brand new quarterback, by the way, um, who came out and said like, you know, we're Never like, heard of him. Yeah, well, the thing is, is look, the, the team are going to go through adversity. There's no doubt. Uh, he's going to be highly criticised. And we saw it happen with Christian Watson kind of yeah. uh, and a year delay where he dropped uh, his first, you know, very catchable ball in the Vikings game where he would have went in for a touchdown. And again, he was in the firing line for months and still is because people, you know, keep harking back to it. Uh, so he was sort of saying, look, we have it's really important that we stick together at all times. And they're going to go through some really tough stuff, I think, Daryl, potentially. Yeah. So I think that's really important. And just hearing him say that. And then Rob Domofsky wrote an article about, you know, the difference between Rogers and Love. And no one out there needs to read it to know this. The, it's going to be something about Rogers was old and didn't show up. Love does show up and is young. I mean, it's, it's just that really simple thing. But... Um, I don't know if it stands for anything and I'd argue that it probably doesn't when it all hits the fan if it was to hit the fan at various stages like it even did under Aaron Rodgers' stewardship last year, Daryl. But is the vibes in Green Bay seem to be A, serene because you have to seek out stories and the stories that you read have very little substance to them. Mm. Um, and B, for what it's worth, is extremely positive in the building. Now, again, that can go south, but it's a nice, refreshing change this off-season now, isn't it? It kind of feels a bit weird and relaxing. Yeah, I, well, I'd almost say that it's definitely serene in the sense this is a sort of scandal that the, the organisation has been putting up with now for the last two years. And I'd say they're just sick of it. And it ruffles everybody. And it's a bit like anything in any organisation. If there's something going on, you can't really focus on your work 110%. Everyone's annoying you asking you the same questions all the time about something you really don't want to focus on. You want to focus on your own game. You want to focus on the team. And as soon as you sit down at any interview, someone says, hey, what about Aaron Rodgers? It's just, it must be just so distracting for these guys. So it must be actually very nice for them. And let's face it, did Aaron Rodgers earn the right not to turn up to OTAs? He probably did. Did he yeah. turn up when he was younger? Yes, he did. Hmm. Um, does he deserve to not turn up? Is it a status thing with Aaron Rodgers? Of course it is. Is it a status thing with all quarterbacks? Yes. Uh, you know, you earn your stripes. He can say, well, you guys need to practice on the drills. I know what I'm doing. I'll turn up and fire the balls when I need to. Um, so, you know, in a way, I didn't read too much and I'm not showing up. But with everything else, if this was a settled team and I was Aaron Rodgers four years ago when there was no harm in him, uh, you know, he wasn't kind of tr- causing any trouble. And he didn't turn up to OTAs. No one would even notice. You know, it would have one of those yeah. things that would never have even got a soundbite. No, and you know what? It sort of... I, I was the same as you, right, where I sort of said, like, it's it's only a deal if you don't like him. I think it's if your narrative is, is you don't like Aaron Rodgers, it's another feather in your cap of look how yeah. disruptive this guy was. And it was disruptive. I mean, as you said, every interview was this nonsense over and over again. But then underneath one of the articles, uh, which is a very dangerous place to be sometimes, you need a hazmat suit on. But one guy said... Um, oh, Aaron Rodgers played when he wanted to play. So he stopped playing for McCarthy. Then he started playing again for LaFleur and won two MVPs. Then he stopped playing for LaFleur again. Now, there's nothing at all to back that up. Everything that, the, in fact, the team were saying about Rodgers was is how tough he was, how professional he was, how he showed up all the time and fought through injury and all this sort of stuff. So it's all conjecture, really. But it made me ponder the other side of it, where if he was that good... 
well then I wonder could he have heightened his game if he had more of a Tom Brady-ish style Patrick Mahomes attitude now as you said you earn your stripes in any organisation you know you see partners probably walking around in these companies who have been there forever their expertise is invaluable they know stuff that other people don't the company really relies on them to bring in business and cash and prestige and all that kind of stuff and so they probably feel like they owe it to them but can you imagine the potent mix of having somebody with Aaron Rodgers skill set but also the hunger and the humbleness um to come into OTAs and really work with the young guys and take them off in the off season and do off season drills with them I'm not saying that that would have solved anything or won us the Super Bowl or anything like that, particularly when we look at games against San Fran, who I think we gave up, what, 285 yards rushing, yeah. which is the most ever in an NFC Championship game. You know, it's not that simple, but I just wonder what life might have been like had he bought in yeah, more. But no, maybe- I'd agree with that. Like, I'd agree with that. Like, one of those things of, as, as Roy Keane says, you know, fail to prepare, prepare to fail. And it's one of those things, if it's a game of inches and sometimes it's a game of millimetres, would that additional drill would it have made any difference? I think I think it's arguable. You can never say it, it didn't make a difference because you'll never know. You weren't there. You didn't do it. You know, my view is if if you're there 110 percent of the time, you're there as you say, showing up there for the young lads. It can only really build morale. Annoyingly, Roger said he didn't want to do a rebuild. He didn't, you know, so OTAs were never going to be on his radar. But annoyingly, there he is now with the Jets doing exactly the thing he said he didn't want to do, because technically it's a rebuild, because. You can't just slot a quarterback in and out. Things mm. need to change. You've got to spend time with these guys to try and show them, you know, what the play should be, what's going to look like, what's he going to do, get used to him, get used to his calls. So it's kind of annoying that, yeah, I think it would have made a difference because surely you see these guys that are so, you know, so methodical. You see, especially in rugby with, say, out halves, and you'll see them practice kicking a ball, you know, for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And they'll say it's, 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 the repetition it's the more you do it you know now it's slightly mm. different than this obviously it's a quarterback we're not talking about just kicking but I, I i can't see how it wouldn't have made a difference had he turned up surely it would have been better yeah. for morale and everybody involved well like look at tom brady he famously got he still had a personal quarterback coach and he would have he would say that he's going away to work on his mechanics every summer um, but yeah. you talk about a guy who has the... But maybe that's the difference, Daryl. And again, we sort of, you know, there was a draft podcast where we spoke with Andy and Pete and I think it was Andy yeah. was referring to, you know, you need the big players to step up in the big games. And I kind of, I paralleled the two of that. We have Jordan Love and we don't do great, but we don't win the Super Bowl. Does it all wash out in the same almost, you know? Or I guess it comes down yeah. to fan enjoyment then. Um, but look, yeah. OTAs, Daryl, is, is kind of a wash with stories of some players on the fringe who are being successful we can cast their minds back to Jay Kumaro and how he was kind of the you know the off-season darling and it never worked out during the season like is there anything in the news cycle that interests you around OTAs about players any little nuggets that you've taken from it or do you all see it as kind of just you know there's lads back in Packers uniforms not even pads there's stuff finally to write about so it's going to be written about I mean what are we looking at here yeah well it kind of there's two ways I'd look at this. I always look at the OTAs for the guys that are lock on the team. Them turning up is good. The likes of Kenny Clark showing up, you know, being there for the guys. I always feel sorry for the younger guys, the fringe players, that maybe have a chance of getting in. You know, it's really important for them to shine, to show what they're capable of. But it's kind of, it, I suppose it really depends on the coach. 
do these guys have a realistic chance at all? Are they, is the coach even looking for these guys? Has he locked guys in? Is there a position that he's thinking, oh, this guy's maybe or maybe not in? So there's always that. And you know, people read too much into it, especially when you see, oh, Jordan Love was firing the ball and he was knocking it into a net from seven miles away. And, you know, all these sort of things. And people read too much into everything. But I do, uh, from a personal level, feel sorry for those fringe players because they must still be thinking, I've got a shot, I've got a shot. Yeah. And I hate to be cynical, but do they have a shot, you know? But sometimes maybe they do, and in certain positions. So that's what I always sort of take away. You know, the locked-in guys are, you know, throwing the ball around, practicing, getting involved. But I always feel sorry for the fringe guys going, are they, is he looking at me? Is coach looking? Yeah. You know, can you see what I'm doing? Do you know what, though? I think greatness is built, um, as you said, in those experienced players. Because we heard all these stories about Charles Woodson, and he used to go up yeah. to... Who was he going up to? But he, he'd go up to people and he'd do it with Aaron Rodgers anyway and then he'd do it with subsequent players. But he'd go up to them and say, uh, you know, you have to do this on every play. And it didn't matter whether it was OTAs, whether it was practice, whether it was warm-ups or whatever. He was so consistent in his strive for greatness. And I saw some of that in Aaron Jones where he's at OTAs and he's saying, you know, this is their time as experienced guys to show the young guys. Uh, the Packer way he called it and it's that kind of stuff that I'm like oh and that just builds to his legacy here's a here's a guy um, who was f- uh, not deemed to be the Packer starting running back was drafted behind Jamal Williams um, came into his own uh, took less money to stay with the team um, was you know such a beautiful relationship with his parents and the stuff he says and supports the military if you're into that sort of stuff and not that's politicised or whatever but he just seems like a really honourable guy everything is yes mm. ma'am no sir um, and it, just the way he conducts himself on and off the field Daryl is nothing short of amazing and to see him showing up and putting in so much work with um, the players because even when you look at AJ Dillon I mean here was here was a lad who was drafted as this sort of Boston College bowling ball and you would sort of say, like, and when you looked at Aaron Aaron Jones's contracts, you're thinking, is this his successor then? But there was never an, a, even a whiff of any sort of tension between the two of them. They work great. They'd celebrate on the sidelines when the other person scored. Um, and it's just really, I think that's for me when I hear snippets of what these lads are saying. It's like what um, all the Stoics say, you know, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And Aaron mm. Jones consistently shows me oh, yeah. that he should be up there with the Packers greats. Yeah, definitely. And it's annoying. It's one of those things as well. It's a bit like the Devontae curse a couple of seasons ago when we all knew how good he was, but it took ages for the league to start noticing. And then they finally did. And I think Jonesy is going to get that too. I think people are starting to realise this guy is a wrecking ball and shouldn't be capable of what he's able to do. Yeah. Just find space so there isn't any. So I'd yeah. like to see him get his due because I think we already know how good he is, but it's one of those things. And then, you know, that's almost a curse as well. You know, hang on, everyone's looking now. Uh-oh, <laughs> he's not going to yeah. be here much longer. But that's why it was interesting when he got all of the media attention for doing the wave to the Cowboys players yeah. because it was so out of character for him in the sense of, now yeah. look, he's not he's not living in a sterile environment. He has these sort of snow shades on and he, you know, he has fun on the sidelines, but... Again, he just it's that overarching respect. But when he waved to the Cowboys player going in and people are like, Jesus, I didn't expect that from him. Um, and now as well, Daryl, the spotlight is going to be firmly on Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Because AJ Dillon gets the plot because he's massive legs. You know, as silly as that is. And then you look at Aaron Jones and as you say, he's just Mr. Consistent. And I wonder now will they be in the spotlight because Rodgers has gone and taken the the narrative with him to New York and that focuses even more on the Packers and what they did with Love and you have the national media who don't really have a vested interest they don't really care they just want to point fingers Mm. so they probably have articles pre-written already about how Gudekunst um, 
you know, mess things up and how look at the mistake you made. And so there's going to be this parallel between how Love is doing and how Aaron Rodgers is doing. And part of Love's success will obviously fall on using the running backs quite heavily and the tight ends to try to get him out of trouble. Um, but Daryl, an interesting story came out. Again, not to hark on about it, but speaking of Gudekunst and that situation mm. um, from David Dunn. Yeah, that was... Um, it's a surprise and it isn't a surprise. I think what's... So, I mean, this, to, to briefly summarise the story, back in 2021, Dave Dunn said that either trade Aaron or get rid of Goody. Mm. And of course, neither of those things happened. But... And maybe this is the way things are normally done. But for an agent to, you know, throw a lobber grenade like that in to an organization as opposed to it come directly from Aaron Rodgers doesn't really surprise anyone, I don't think, because that's the way Aaron kind of operated. You know, he'll say something to somebody else and it'll get back third and fourth hand, turn into Chinese whispers and it sells newspapers and gets views on podcasts and things like that. So but does it any does it really surprise anyone that's what he wanted? No, because I think go back two years ago, that's what we said. Yeah. I think we said it in one of our early podcasts about it as to, you know, what does he want? And what did he want? He wanted more involvement in the organization. He didn't feel he was being valued. So obviously that was the starter for 10, you know, trade me or get rid of him. Or the third option is what ended up happening. Give me all of these other things I wanted. And we spoke about it at the time. For someone like him to want a little bit more involvement into what, how trades are happening, a little bit more involvement at the level, at the coaching level, yeah. we didn't think it was unreasonable either. Mm. But what we did say at the time was he's asking for reasonable things in a really unreasonable way. And that's what annoyed everyone, I think. So yeah. is it any surprise that this is what Dave Dunn did? Nah, not really. Yeah, and like, again, that was in that recent article released by Matt Schneidman, and he said it to Rogers, and Rogers said, ah, well, you need to speak to David Dunn about that. Like, it, you know, it's kind of what you say is like, well, he didn't deny it. Uh, but yeah. And again, look, that said, this could have came from David Dunn in the interest yeah. of his client, right? So Career, we really, yeah. we really don't know. However... If we can assume uh, from all of these articles that that did happen um, and getting away almost from the Aaron Rodgers angle, when you look at Gudekun style, that took some pride swallowing and some balls to go to Rodgers and hire the guys that he wanted, knowing yeah. that Rodgers had called for his head, if that indeed was the case. So I just think Gudekun's kind of handled himself uh, with class there. However... Gudekunst and LaFleur's job um, is on the line um, because, again, what came out in that article as well was that LaFleur was not doing backflips and hooping and all that kind of stuff and they, they drafted Love, but he's certainly going to have to deal with the aftermath. And Oliva Deddy came out, uh, one of the coaches in Green Bay, and said that, you know, they have to start from the very beginning with Jordan Love here. Like when they had Aaron Rodgers, they'd start that level eight onwards and, you know, they could sort of skip the preamble. Whereas with Jordan Love, they have to start from the very beginning. And we went into a podcast, Daryl, didn't we, uh, by looking at that sort of uh, keep your eye off the ball or keep your eye on the ball book about that sort of strategy in the yeah. jobs, just how difficult the quarterback's job is. But the legacy still hangs in the balance with Gudekunst and the floor. But I don't see that heaviness around Green Bay, though, Daryl. All, all I see is sort of optimism that people have bought into the future of Green Bay now. Well, that's what I'm hoping because, you know, I think... And again, we always sort of say this, but we're still a few years out from looking back. But with the benefit of hindsight, hopefully, but if, if love works out, they will look back to the way Goody handled the Rogers saga at the very beginning in, say, 2021, mm. when the rumblings first started that he... I think it's very hard to man-manage someone like Aaron Rodgers because they're very singular. Um, they're not very consistent off the pitch. Now, you'd argue he wasn't very consistent on the pitch until, again, you know, playoffs, he wasn't consistent, but... It's very hard to man-manage a guy like Rodgers because his motivations are so different. 
They're mm. so inconsistent almost about what he wants and what he wants to achieve. But I, I still think, as you say, it took a lot of pride for him to swallow that down and go to Aaron Rodgers with an olive branch and try and keep him on side. Because another man might have said, you know what, we're going to let you go. Uh, you know, looks yeah. at, say, Ten Hag with Cristiano Ronaldo saying, right, you're out. You're gone. If he if he had done that and Love had, say, bombed, I think it would have been said that Goody got rid of the best player. You've screwed it all up. We could have won a, a Super Bowl with this guy and you got rid of him. So I think it might play to his advantage to say, well, we kept Rodgers. Mm. We kept the best player we had. He wanted to go. We let him go. We're now trusting our new quarterback. It's a new era. We're not going to play as well as we played before. So in a way, I think he could be quite proud of the way it's happened so far. And again, we're not here supporting front office all the time, but I'm just looking at it from the organization's perspective. We're in a nice place right now. Purely because of that, we've gone, well, we did everything we could to keep him. He went. Could we have done more to keep him? I don't see what we could have done to keep him. He wanted to go. That was it. Now we start a new era. So I think the fans will have patience for a while, but I still think you're right. I think Lafleur and Goody could come under a lot of pressure this season if we don't see major improvements, quarterback notwithstanding. You know, yeah. so everything else needs to click, and that's not an easy task. No, I mean, there's so many moving parts. The team is very, very young, which is a blessing and a curse. Now, speaking of United, we saw Fergie's uh, team, the young team, come through yeah. and, and all this kind of stuff. So we can see that if you get a young team, but people have tried to replicate that after and it simply hasn't worked out. But again, mm. like like you say, Gudekunst was sort of from the school of Ted Thompson and he came out and said at the time, any difficulty that you have with a quarterback of his calibre is worth it in the end of the day because it's the quarterback that an awful lot of these franchises are missing. And personally, as a Packers fan, um, you know, and they call us some title town and all this kind of stuff. But like I've, we've loads of mates, Daryl, who, you know, support teams. Like one, one of my brother-in-law, in fact, supports uh, Washington, uh, who can't even keep a name down. Uh, but ah, the yellow pack, the yellow pack of... Yeah, Sports so teams. it's just here's football team, the football <laughs> team, team, yeah, from Aldi. <laughs> um, so even he was saying like, you know, because I would sort of say, you know, the Rogers taking the nuance off it all. He said it doesn't matter. He said, you know, you can't moan to me about having quarterback issues because look at the mire that we've been in, and we've mm. only seen it with the likes of the Bears and Jake Cutler and then Mitch Trubisky, and you know, so I mean, it is fairly stark when you don't have a quarterback. So I think an awful of the narratives fit and work when your team is doing well but when they're not then there's an awful lot of finger pointing to be done but I think keeping the organisation at the forefront seems to be what Brian Gutekunst and friends uh, have done but there is still serious questions Daryl because Rogers raised them again when he spoke about Devontae Adams where yeah. uh, the Packers narrative was is look we offered Adams uh, the same if not more money but he decided to go to the Raiders anyway Rogers counterpoint to that was is they effectively lowballed him and then eventually gave in. Yeah, uh, yeah. But at that stage, Devontae Adams probably wanted to leave. But who knows where the truth lies. Yeah, probably it's very nuanced. You know, again, at the end of the day, these are professional players. There is a bit of a mercenary kind of approach about this as well because they're looking out for themselves at the end of the day. They're very well paid, but their careers can be quite short depending on how injuries and stuff like that goes. So, you know, does everyone is everyone a Packer for life? No, they're not. But, you know... For the semblance of this, for those that the younger guys coming through to build a team unity, I think that's what Goody's been trying to do, to try and build a unity around the organisation, a unity around the team. And yes, I think everyone will put up with a quarterback's foibles when they're as good as he was. 
and you know we'll see how he goes with the Jets now. But there is a point when it becomes it, it becomes distracting for everybody involved. And I think we'd reached that point, and I think it's a nice place now. I think everyone's breathing a sigh of relief, and if that helps get them motivated and get the team to gel, so be it. Yeah, it's strange, Daryl. Even the fan base. I mean, I put that out on the group account, just saying, you know, it's strangely peaceful around, and there seems to be sort of wholehearted acceptance. I don't see. I don't know, you know, the reality and the, the realisation of something sometimes, you know, cause everybody to just get on board with it. But at the end of the day, you know, be it this year, next year, the year after, Rogers was on his way out. Now, look, this, like, as always, he needs a chip in his shoulder. He'll probably have a stellar uh, season with the Jets, if not more, because now he has a chip, you know, he's something to really hmm. fight for. Yeah, yeah. But look, uh, I mean, keeping the positive vibes, the NFL draft is coming yeah. to Green Bay in twenty twenty. What can we expect? What can we expect? Well, do you know, and this is what was so funny as well, I didn't really mention it, but I just had to laugh. Um, you know, there's a guy called Benjamin Albright and he's seen as this national media guy and he came out and said, oh, I've been to Green Bay twice and the infrastructure just isn't there. And I had to laugh because a bit of a personal insight for people is that when the Packers came to London, there was so much red tape and bureaucracy and all this stuff because they said to us, look, we'll offer you, you can pre-order the cheese sets so that your fans can get them and all that kind of stuff. We said, great. So we said, you know, again, with the fans' interest at heart saying, well, you know, can we have a place beside the stadium where the fans can pick them up there instead of having to come in? Because the only location that we could get was sort of central London. Yeah. And the answer was no. Um, and it all comes to the NFL pick which streets to shut down. They pick who can vend what where. Um, you know, the logistics of it all. They have pubs on retainer. So there's certain pubs that the Packers have to use when they came over. Uh, there's certain pubs that are off limits. There's pubs that are not, you know, team pubs, but they still can't be utilized for NFL purposes. Uh, because they're held on retainer. Like the amount of machinery that goes into one of these events by the NFL yep. is nothing short, Daryl, of you know what can be seen with presidential movements. I mean, these guys are in there for months before. So the sheer notion and the ego and arrogance of some people, Daryl, they think yeah, I, that... I, I can never understand that. It annoys the life of me because you're going, hang on, it's not tomorrow. There's time. They know exactly what they need to do. This is not their first rodeo. Like they know exactly what needs to be done. They'll get it done. It is very annoying. You go, oh, I don't think that place is capable. And you're going, what are you talking about? It's the it's the sheer thing of, you know, it's like with all these gossip rags when they're talking about people's personal relationships. You have no idea. Like, yeah. none. I mean, it goes to show with all of this scandal now that's hit the UK over this morning show. I mean, the stuff that's done in broad daylight that doesn't get out into the media and then all of a sudden people start chatting about it you know and then that washes out and then so much other bs washes out with that as well so like it's just you really don't know what's going on however you can safely say that a multi-billion dollar organization like the nfl has it covered now they gave more details about kind of what to expect and they're going to utilize the resh center title town but the one thing is daryl and, and murphy said it to us every time we went on a group tour to green bay is that the nfl draft for them was something that they really really wanted um and according to wes and spoff uh, at Packers.com you know they were sort of almost thinking that 2027 was realistic so to get it beforehand was sort of fantastic again it's worth between 92 to 94 million dollars to the local economy um, and it's just another feather in the cap I think of Green Bay and look again I, I don't want to be called a homer here for the organisation but 
Murphy said to us a long time ago, and it's very hard for someone to say they have a goal on something because they're always scared of that failure of being laughed at, particularly Green Bay being such a sort of a small place. And we saw wash out with the national media, Daryl, about how much of a hick place they think Green Bay actually is yeah, when yeah. it isn't, you know, by saying this whole infrastructure nonsense. But I just think that, you know, Bob Harlan in the 90s is sort of seen as the guy who financially saved the Packers with you know, opening up the atrium and moving things around and bringing more commerce into Green Bay. Murphy has been feverish by how much of the land that he's bought up around the stadium, he's converted it into the Titletown district. And this is just another feather in his bow, Daryl. And it turns out that he hits the mandatory retirement age for a Packers president at 70 in 2025. So he'll still be in town when the draft is held. What a way for that man to, to bow out, Daryl, because... Yep. You know, because when you talk about financial stability, we're going into that uncertain times with Jordan Love now. But if Jordan Love pans out, um, it's just another masterstroke and another stepping stone in the legacy of a professional sports team in the little tiny market of Green Bay, Daryl. And we're, I'm just proud to be a part of it, really. Yeah, no, it is. It's great. I mean, if you think about it, it's great for Green Bay. It's also great for Wisconsin generally. Um, you know, just with Green Bay's history and its heritage being the only fan-owned team, it's great that they can put in it's almost like the little train that could you know it's this sort of thing of we know we can hold it it's going to be great it's going to be great for the city it's going to be great for the state why not and it's just it's a testament to them really because it does take an awful lot of work in the background Mm. to get this i'm not it's not as big as becoming a host city for the olympics but when it comes to nfl it's right up there yeah sure what did they say that the um the stage for the draft is 100 yards long so if you were to have that in lambeau field itself it'd take up the entire field so there's just so many machinations with it. But again, the amount of work that's been put in to date must have been astronomical and sort of friends here with uh, Gabrielle Dow. So she was instrumental in that as well. It's great to see her on the news. Brad Toll, uh, who's the head of the Travel Green Bay or Discover Green Bay. Uh, Mark Murphy was was talking about it. Um, and it just kind of puts Green Bay on the map. And we all know how fanatical the fans are. And I think it was yeah. Keyshawn Nixon who said, look how bonkers it was in London. So can you imagine what it's going to be like for the draft if it arrives in Green Bay. People that really know their stuff um, about football. Um, yeah, and I, of course, all the cynics are like, oh yeah, well, it's going to be great for the Packers fans to see them picking first in their hometown, <laughs> you know, as if the team's going to tank, <laughs> uh, which you have to find slightly humorous. But uh, yeah, look, it's, um, again, it seems boring to some people, but I think it can't be understated just to kind of... No, it can't. And also, uh, again, a note back to the cheeseheads themselves, the local cheeseheads in Wisconsin and globally, but they're, I'm, I'm not saying that they're more, they're bigger fans than other places, but t- Titletown is a crazy place. Those people are football mad. It's a bit like holding the Rugby World Cup in New Zealand, you know, in that instance that you're going to have an awful lot of local turnout, regardless of who else travels for it. There's going to be an awful lot of local interest, which is on again only good for the NFL. They they see this as a marquee event, yeah. Um, so you know it only helps to have a, a population that's as fanatical as they are. Yeah, no, look, it's going to be. Bon- I mean, that's the thing. Look, the group trip. Uh, I would strongly advise going because the price is amazing. But when you come over on the group trip, you see it with your own eyes. The minute you leave Chicago and you hit Wisconsin, and you're driving through it, uh, a the farmland is incredible. But every person going around there, whether they're grannies. Great granddads, dogs, uh, you know, kids, all absolutely decked out in Packers apparel. And you can really see how, when you look at the accounts of Green Bay, just how much money they pull in. And you can see why, because everybody in the whole state, uh, you stop at a quick trip. It's just wall to wall Packers stuff. 
you know, it's just absolutely fanatical and, and it's a great place to be. So if you fancy a chance of winning that for £5, uh, well, then get on to patreon.com forward slash UK Packers. But Daryl, that wraps up the podcast for this week. Indeed it does. Uh, we'll be doing more of a deep dive on history stuff and we'll have Steve Sparks on at some stage as well just to talk through uh, last season and some of the stuff that he observed as well. So apologies for all of the Aaron Rodgers talk, but unfortunately he was with the team for, what, 16 years? So it is very topical. Yeah. Um, so look, you can follow him at Daryl J. O'Brien on Twitter, me at NFL at the group accounts at UK Packers. And if you have any question about Patreon or the tour, uh, you can get in contact, hit us up on DM on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or personally, whatever floats your boat. But anyway, it's a big go pack go from us, Daryl, and we'll talk to you next week.